Hi, welcome to another episode of the Bite Size Nutrition Podcast. Today, we are going to get really, really practical here. And the reason why I wanted to bring you this super practical episode, which is going to be all about meal planning. And the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because one of the biggest barriers that I see with my clients and the people that I talk to 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 actually eating consistently and eating in a way that supports goals, values, preferences. One of the biggest barriers is time and the other is knowledge. And I want to be very specific. So my friend Ren Jones talks about the difference between uh, information and knowledge. And so basically the difference between information is you can have information that tells you, you know, hey, this is how you do something, but knowledge is actually understanding how to do it. And so What may be going on with you is either you don't have the time or you choose not to make the time to meal plan or to get your meals together for the week, or you have the information about what you should be doing or what you feel you should be doing, but actually how to apply it to your particular tastes, goals, values, and current abilities is still maybe out of your reach. And that might be because you have really unrealistic expectations on yourself. That may be because the information that you have is not necessarily applicable to you as an individual. But the thing is, is that that is okay because we all start somewhere. And even if we're starting with this belief of, I should know how to do this because I have lots of experience, you're still starting because you can decide right now to do something different. And so today's episode, you're going to learn about a simple way that you can plan out your meals so you can save time, you can save mental energy, and it's going to help give you a structure that actually can provide more freedom as you move towards your goals. And so when I was writing this, I was started thinking about meal planning and prepping a lot. And I thought about, you know, I feel like the most iconic symbol of diet culture in many ways is the meal prep container. And If you've been pursuing any type of of health change, body composition change, or just sort of been in the, the, the diet world for a while, you know what I'm talking about. It's usually that like black plastic container that has a clear top. It's maybe it's sectioned off into portions and inside the container, you may have seen photos on, on Instagram with this. I don't think that many people still do this, but maybe I'm just in a different part of the Instagram world. And you'll usually see something like chicken breast, broccoli, maybe some rice, maybe some sweet potato. And that is quote unquote, like a fit girl meal. That's what the fit girls eat. That's what the healthy people eat. And like, don't get me wrong. I enjoy those foods. I love chicken, broccoli. I I mean, broccoli, it's fine. It's not my favorite vegetable and I adore sweet potato, but every single day in the same way, even I would get bored of that. And I am one of those people that can eat the same thing Like I've had the same breakfast every day for the last like four months and I'm still not sick of it. But I'll tell you a a little bit of a funny story though. When I was still very much in the process of, of changing my habits, changing the way I viewed food, changing the way I prepared food, actually learning how to cook for myself, I would often just choose a a quote unquote healthy food. And I would eat only that food for a meal. And so I would, for example, I remember when I learned how to cook sweet potatoes and I would just cook one giant sweet potato. And then that big sweet potato would be my dinner. And at that point, I knew absolutely nothing about the balance between protein, fats, and carbs. I didn't know how much of each thing would be helpful for me to eat. All I knew is that I liked sweet potatoes and sweet potatoes were, quote unquote, a healthy food. And so I just went for it. And I learned over time, I learned that if I actually balanced that out, 
into a more balanced meal, maybe with slightly less sweet potato, but added some protein in there, added some fats in there, maybe added another veggie in there. I, I found out over time and I learned over time that, that actually is a much more satisfying meal, but I started out with what I had and have progressed since then. So, and I'll be honest with you. So that point when I was just making the single sweet potato and I was sort of in this learning process, that was over 10 years ago now. And in those 10 years, I have never really been much of a meal prepper. Today, you know, I said we're going to talk about meal planning. And I, and so I want to talk about why that isn't the same thing as meal prepping. Meal planning and meal prepping can live together, but they don't have to live together. And so I've never been much of a meal prepper. The idea of spending hours in the kitchen, especially on a Sunday, seems like Sunday is when you have to meal prep. It just never fitted in to what I wanted for my life. And this was even when I was super deep into my struggles with being very restrictive with what I ate and being very obsessive about macro tracking. I really never spent more than about an hour in the kitchen at any one time. But what I did develop was a really helpful method of thinking ahead for my meals that actually, even though a ton of time and energy in that period of my life was spent around food in my body, I didn't actually spend a ton of, of time or effort thinking about my meals. And so I want to explain to you kind of the difference between meal planning and meal prepping, and, and hopefully you can kind of understand which one or, or how these two could potentially fit into your life. So meal prepping involves actually making a bunch of food ahead, ahead of time. It's usually either big portions of specific recipes, or you'll make individual foods or, or macronutrients, like maybe you'll prep your protein, then you'll prep your carb, then you'll prep your veggie. And that may also mean portioning out those meals ahead of time. So it can be really, really helpful. Meal prepping can be really helpful for people that just want to get it over with. They don't want to spend a ton of time in the kitchen during the week, and they don't mind spending a few hours or a longer period of time sort of at one or two points during the week. And so for someone that has like zero time during the week or just doesn't want to have to think about it, or people that really don't mind eating the same thing over and over, meal prepping can be incredibly, incredibly helpful. But for most of the people that I work with, and then for myself as well, you guys know that one of my values is creativity. And so eating the same thing over and over can feel kind of boring, even though, as I said, sometimes I'm okay with eating the same thing over and over. But for me thinking like, oh my gosh, on Sunday, I'm going to eat, I'm going to make something that I'm going to then eat the same thing for the rest of the week. Mm, doesn't really work for me. Doesn't really work for a lot of my clients. And most of my clients really don't want to spend ton of hours in the kitchen, especially on a weekend when they're out doing other things and in incorporating other things in their lives rather than spending time in the kitchen. And, and so meal planning can be used in conjunction with meal prepping. And so usually if you're meal prepping, you probably are doing some meal planning ahead of time. So you actually know like, Hey, what the heck am I going to be eating? But you can meal plan without actually doing any prep ahead of time. And meal planning is simply thinking ahead for what you'll eat throughout the week. So you can better prepare and avoid those last minute situations where you're like looking in the fridge being like, crap, I don't have anything to eat. Or you have these, these thoughts of like, I really can't be bothered to create a meal right now. And so I might as well order takeout or I'm just going to eat whatever I can find. Maybe you're someone that especially towards the end of the day, you tend to get really, really hungry. And the thought of actually having to put together a meal or put thought into it is just not in your wheelhouse, which I totally understand. And so meal planning can just be a really helpful way of taking some of that pressure off of yourself because you don't have to make any last minute decisions because you're making so many decisions throughout the day anyways. So I want you to think about 
how much mental energy you may put into making split second decisions about what you'll eat. Maybe you're standing in front of the fridge and the thought of actually deciding what to eat, but then having to make it on top of that, you're like, fuck, that is a lot of decision-making and meal planning and thinking ahead helps you not have to make those decisions. And it also helps you make sure you're set up for success, even when time is short or energy is short or whatever it is, is happening, but it really helps you also stick to whatever plan you set out for yourself, your goals, and eat in a way that's aligned with your values. And so in theory, you could honestly meal plan and throw together meals with food that is completely pre-made. You could eat healthy, balanced meals without actually doing any cooking. You could just assemble. And that I want to be very clear that we, we have this idea in many cases that like, well, if I'm going to meal plan or I'm going to meal prep or I'm going to you know think ahead for what I eat, like I have to be cooking all of these foods. And honestly, that's not true. And I've actually I've done a few posts on my Instagram about this of, you know, like easy throw together meals or, you know, easy, easy proteins that you don't have to cook or easy carbs that you don't have to cook. So you can go ahead and check those out on my Instagram. I'll, I'll link that in the show notes. But let's go ahead and jump in. So I want to give you a few simple tips to make it easier to get balanced meals on your plate without spending hours and hours cooking and actually give you information to help you create your own meal plan. And when I say meal plan, I I know a lot of the time I get clients come to me and they're like, well, you're not going to tell me exactly what to eat. And so this is part of the process I do with clients is I help them create their own meal plan that actually fits in with their preferences, fits in with their taste, fits in with their goals, the amount of time that they can put into it. And so before we hop in, I want to talk about just really briefly, what is a balanced meal? And so when I work with clients, one of the first pieces of education we work on is understanding that the four components of a balanced plate. So the combination of protein, carbohydrates, fat, and vegetables and or fruit is going to provide a variety of nutrients. It's going to help you feel way more satisfied for longer. It's going to promote your overall health, and it can easily contribute to whatever your body composition goals are. So for example, say you're looking to lose body fat, you're still going to use that same combo of those four components, but maybe you up your veggie portion and maybe slightly lower your fat or your carbohydrate intake. Maybe you're trying to gain muscle. So you might choose starchier vegetables and you might increase the amount of carbs on your plate. And I'll be completely honest with you for any type of body composition or health goal, eating balanced meals can get you there. I promise you don't have to cut things out of your diet. And so we've got these four components of a balanced meal, right? And so for a successful, simple meal plan, we want to be thinking about how to get those four things on your plate in combinations that are enjoyable for you to eat. And so you might be listening to this and thinking like, okay, this sounds super easy. Or you might be listening to this and and, and thinking, okay, that still sounds overwhelming. But regardless if it feels easy for you right now, or it feels hard for you right now, if there's an easier, if there's a way to make it simpler for you or to work on having it become more of a habit to think this way, why not go about it? And if you're a perfectionist, you might get a little bit scared, right? If I meal plan, then I have to cook it all myself. It has to be perfect. Each meal must be special. If I do this wrong, I'm a total failure. Wrong. 
if you're a perfectionist, I want to remind you meal planning is a skill like any other. At first, it's going to feel clunky and weird, and it's a total learning process. And as you practice this, you're going to learn what works for you, what doesn't work for you, and what you can do to improve on it as long as you're looking for that. If you're looking simply as like, if this is a pass or a fail, then yeah, you're probably going to fail a bunch of times before you actually get to a pass. And so if you're a perfectionist about this whole thing, and if, and if it really is a struggle for you to see this as like, hey, if I fail, it's actually a way for me to learn and a way for me to be able to do it better in the, in the future. I want you to stop this podcast and I want you to go back. I think it's episode five. And I talk a little bit about failure and how failure can be really helpful for helping you learn. You're going to want to go back and listen to that. But regardless, start with the framework that I'm going to share with you, even if it's part of the framework I'm going to share with you and let yourself fuck it up. Like if you actually do let yourself fuck it up, then you get to reflect. Like, was I too strict? Was I unrealistic? Was I looking at my schedule the wrong way? Was I not leaving enough time for these things? Was I not realistic about how much time I like to spend in the kitchen or what my cooking skills are? What skills do I need to learn in order to improve? So I mentioned this before. This is work that I do with my clients and something I coach specifically on in my mindful eating and planning course, which I still need to think of a really cool title for this course um, because it's not very catchy that I keep telling it to you, but I don't have a title. So I will have a tighter title for you very soon. But if you want to know more about this course and how it can help you, your my inbox is always open, especially on Instagram. That's where I tend to be the most active. So um, I'll link that in the show notes as always. And let's hop in. This is my easy way to put together a weekly meal plan. If you're walking right now, maybe you're in the car, you might want to re-listen to this when you're able to take notes. And I'm also going to provide you with a couple of tools in the show notes that are going to be really helpful. So if you're a pen and paper person, get out a piece of paper. If you are not a pen and paper person, you like doing this on the internet, you go into the show notes for this episode and you'll be able to click on the, the Google Doc link, make a copy of that Google Doc, and then you'll be able to add that in on the internet. You'll see. So if you're going to get out a piece, I'm going to talk to you like you're getting out a piece of paper and doing this. So Get out a piece of paper, write down the seven days of the week, cross the top. Now create a grid. Each day is going to be a column and each column is going to have three to four rows. The rows are going to be from top to bottom, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks. I say three to four because some people are like, well, I don't eat snacks. Cool. So you're going to have either just breakfast, lunch, and dinner or breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks. And so, as I said, you'll be able to see a grid, a template to do this in the show notes. Um, and if you have any questions about that, I am happy to answer those for you. And so now you have a table that reads across the top days of the week and along the side, the meals that you're planning for. So you're going to start with any meal that you think you'll be eating out or any meal that will be provided for you, put an X in that box. So that means like, if you know, you're going to have dinner out on a Tuesday, put an X in the box for dinner on Tuesday. If you know that you have a lunch meeting on Friday, put an X in the lunch on Friday. And once you've gone through sort of what your, um, what the meals are that you're not going to be preparing for yourself, you're left with a general idea of what meals you do need to be planning for. And personally, I like starting with breakfast because many of us tend to eat similar breakfast every day. As I mentioned, I eat the same breakfast every single day. There's absolutely nothing with that. If you like it, mine is balanced. It has the four components in it. Um, and right now it's working for me. Uh, and so if you are someone like that, that eats either the same or a similar breakfast every day, uh, that can be one of the easiest places to start. So for example, a uh, couple of options that I may go between if I do decide to go off of my normal breakfast 
I'll maybe have eggs with some type of sauteed veggie and maybe a piece of toast. Or as I mentioned before, I've been eating uh, the, the similar breakfast for a while and that's my overnight oats. And personally, I had shredded zucchini in there because I really like the texture. Um, I know you might be listening to that and being like, that's so weird, but personally, I really like the texture. So right in your breakfast choice, there you go. And then snacks also tend to be something that can be fairly similar throughout the week. For example, maybe most days you have a piece of fruit and a yogurt, but maybe eat to, ver- to switch it up a little bit, maybe you vary the type of fruit, or maybe sometimes you'll switch out the yogurt for a protein bar. And so write in your snacks for the week. From there, we're left with lunches and dinners. And so remember the balanced meal concept, the protein, carb, veggie, uh, and fruit, or, or protein, carb, veggie, and, and or fruit and fat. Um, we're, we, so we've got four kind of main things to think about when it comes to the lunches and dinners. And so I like to start with the ones that people tend to struggle the most with getting an adequate amounts of, and that is protein and vegetables. So if you're looking at your grid, I want you to first fill in the protein source that you'll include in each meal. Personally, I'm a big fan of if I'm going to cook, I'll cook double or triple the protein that I need for one meal at once. So let's say I'm making chicken or I'm making hard boiled eggs for dinner, I'll make sure that I have enough to eat for at least at a minimum lunch the next day. And this means that let's say Monday dinner and Tuesday lunch, I'll have the same protein. And I want you to remember that you do not have to cook this yourself if you don't want to. I'm a huge fan of having things like canned tuna or sardines on hand, pre-cooked chicken. A rotisserie chicken can be your best friend. I absolutely love it. And then the, I, so I live in Spain, as you may know, and there's this really delicious sort of shredded pork that they have pre-made at, the, at Casa Amayed, which is a, a shop near my house. And that usually, I'll usually buy the packet. And for me, it'll end up being about two portions. So sometimes I'll use that. And so you, once you write in all your proteins for the week, you might end up with something like maybe Monday tuna for lunch, uh, chicken or eggs for dinner, maybe Tuesday chicken or eggs for lunch, and then fish or tofu for dinner, et cetera, et cetera. And so once you've got your proteins filled in, you can choose your veggies. Similarly to the proteins, I really prefer to always cook more than I need for one meal, unless I'm using the air fryer because I find, and I throw everything in the air fryer, literally everything, but the air fryer for me is always better when it's fresh. But the cool thing is, is I just randomly chop something and then just throw it in with olive oil and salt or a spice mix. So it's super easy. And alternatively, one of my absolute favorite all-time number one things to cook that is super versatile is a big pan of roasted veggies. I'll usually take whatever veggies I have in the fridge and that you and, and I'll make a big pan of it. And usually for me on my own, that will last me for two to three meals. And I don't have a huge oven. If you have a larger family, maybe you want to do like two pans at once. So you can fill in the grid with the veggies that you'll eat. And, and then you're going to choose your carb. So again, no need to make all of these from scratch. Some of my absolute favorite carb sources are chickpeas that I buy from this really awesome little shop that, that makes them that is, oh my gosh, they're so good. They're so good. And then there's delicious kind of like seedy nutty bread from a local bakery near my house. Alternatively, you can always cook them up yourself. So whether that's maybe when you're cooking up your veggies, you throw in another pan in the oven and you cook up a few sweet potatoes with it. Maybe you make a big pot of rice that lasts you for a few days. Maybe you make some pasta that lasts you for a few days. And yeah, I said pasta. I mentioned pasta and bread in there, guys. Those count count as carbs. There's nothing wrong with that. And so from there, you've got your protein filled in, you've got your veggies filled in. And so now you're missing your fat source. 
And this in many cases can actually be the easiest part as the fat source in many of your meals will come from what you cook everything else in. For example, maybe you're cooking your roasted veggies in some olive oil. Um, maybe you're cooking your protein in some butter. Maybe you choose to make a salad. And so your fat source that you add in is maybe avocado, maybe it's cheese, maybe it's nuts. And so the fat is kind of that thing that it can almost be like an afterthought. It doesn't necessarily need to be like, oh my gosh, how do I prepare my fat? Um, and so that can make things a little bit easier kind of in this process. And I think that the bulk of what we want to be looking at is what is my protein? What is my veggie and or fruit? And what is my carbohydrate source? And then if you look at your grid now, you should have your breakfast written in, you have your lunches written in, you have your dinners written in, and you have your snacks. And if this feels really overwhelming to you to do all at once, or maybe you're thinking like, well, I can write this down. There's no way in hell I'm going to stick to it. Start with maybe just breakfasts or just dinners, or if maybe you're truly starting from scratch and, and right now you're just really chaotic with your meals and you're sort of reactive about how you choose things. Maybe the only thing that you're going to plan out ahead of time is what your snacks are going to be. What I've described to you just now is a complete meal planning process and you can take or leave any part of it. And this is something that, as I said, when I work with clients on this, we sort of figure out what level they're at and what they're ready to start planning for. But in theory, if you've gone through this whole process, you now have all of your meals written down for the week and you can take that plan and then break it down into a grocery list. First, you're going to want to give your kitchen a once over and actually check out what you already have on hand. Then you can actually write out what you're going to need to get at the store. And I recommend getting really specific with what you need. So for example, four chicken breasts gives you a lot more guidance than just chicken. And it means that you already know exactly what you need when you go to the store or say you order your groceries online, it's going to facilitate that process as well. And it means that when you go to make you that meal, when you end, you know, you end your day and you go to the fridge and you're looking in the fridge, you know that you have what you need for that meal already in the refrigerator. And if you're new to cooking or don't quite feel comfortable, just kind of like throwing things together in the kitchen, you might be thinking, well, how on earth do I cook all of this stuff? I've got it written down, but like, how do I take it from paper to my plate? And I totally get that. I was there once. Well, I was there many times, actually. I remember having to Google everything, how to saute things, how to, you know, what temperature to cook veggies in the oven, how long to cook them for, what I'm looking for. I did so much Googling. And now it's something that comes very, very natural to me. Although anytime I'm cooking something that's new, maybe it's a new ingredient, maybe it's a new cooking method. I Google things all of the time. And so if you're getting started sticking to cooking things in the pan, in a pan on the, uh, on the stove or sticking them in the oven or the air fryer, maybe the easiest way to go. Most things you can stick them in the oven and you just, you Google like, how long do I put this in for? What temperature? And you just stick it in and you kind of let it go. And sometimes you'll burn it. Sometimes you won't. I promise you'll get better at this. But yeah, you're going to have to do a little bit of research. My clients have a ton of simple recipes that I put together for them. But if you're not a client of mine, I do recommend to get specific about your Googling. Even if you are a client of mine, you might want to Google things. And so how to cook veggies, for example, can give you a very broad range of answers that feel that can feel quite overwhelming, but maybe saying how to cook Brussels sprouts in the oven is going to give you a much more specific answer. 
For example, again, Googling chicken recipe might come up with a ridiculous amount of chicken recipes to sift sift through, but Googling something like simple chicken thigh in the air fryer is going to give you a much more specific result and result in a lot less sort of overwhelm as far as answers are are concerned. And the very last thing I want to touch on is the importance of flavor. We're not cooking any of these things and just being like, well, I'm just going to do this with some olive oil and there we go. Some things, yeah, the flavors are absolutely incredible with very, very little spices or sauces, but especially as you start getting used to cooking more spices, hot sauces, condiments, like balsamic vinegar, soy sauce, mustard, all of those can add incredible flavor to your meals. And many grocery stores offer spice mixes. So I know in the United States, grocery stores like Trader Joe's and Whole Foods, or I think you can even order them online. You can get some really cool spice mixes like curry spice mix, barbecue spices, even just general spice mixes. And here in Spain, I think some grocery stores do offer them. I think Mercadona offers them. And then I know that you can also order spice mixes online. And those are crazy time savers and can make your food taste so much better without having to have like a thousand ingredients to add flavor to food. And also get curious about what it is that you like, what types of flavors you like, and be open to experimenting. And so, as I mentioned before, in the show notes for today's episode, you'll find the Google Doc that's going to help you with the meal plan template. And also, there is just a meal plan template download with some ideas of simple meals that include all the four components and also the spices or flavors you'll use to add some flavor to these recipes. So hopefully that can start like the creative juices flowing. And so this is a process, as I mentioned, this is a process you'll all actually walk you through in my uh, meal planning and mindful eating course, which maybe I'll call it the confident eating course. Cause you will be pretty confident about your eating when you're finished with it. Um, and, and so basically this course is going to take you through mindful eating, time management, mindset, coaching, and nutrition education. So you will be a confident eater and you will feel confident in your ability to do these things once you're finished with the course. So if you have any questions about this, or if you want to connect with me, my inbox is always open for you. And with that, Again, if you want to set up a call to learn more about coaching, if you just want to chat, please go ahead and reach out to me. Also, any feedback you have on these episodes, or if you want to share this episode, make sure to give me a tag on social media if you do share it. I absolutely love seeing those. And the messages that I've gotten as far as episode feedback, what you like, what you've learned, that is just, as I say all the time, it's like a little virtual hug. And sometimes we just need virtual hugs. You know what I mean? So with that, I hope that this has been a helpful, useful, actionable episode for you. I have really enjoyed recording it and I will see you again next time.